3: Welcome to In the Nest, the Illinois State Athletics podcast. Now, here's the voice of the Redbirds, John Fitzgerald. Hi again and welcome in to another edition of In the Nest, the official podcast of Illinois State Redbird Athletics from Learfield. I'm John Fitzgerald and today we're joined by Redbird men's basketball assistant coach Andrew Dockich. And today's conversation is brought to you in part by Jason's Deli. Redbird fans, all good things, start with wholesome ingredients. Visit Jason's Deli in Normal on Veterans Parkway today and receive free ice cream with every purchase. Doc, thanks so much for joining us today. We find ourselves in in mid-May, just in the shadows of your first season on Ryan Peden's staff. As you kind of take a look back over the winter and since you arrived here just about a year ago, probably a bit of a blur of how quickly this first season went by, wasn't it? Yeah, well, first off,
2: thanks for having me. Uh, It has been a little bit of a blur. You know, right after the season, it's kind of recruiting, 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 rather than kind of like decompressing and getting away from uh, the game. And when we first got here, uh, a little over a year now, it has been... It's been a lot, but a lot in a good, really good way, um, especially with the guys that we inherited and the guys that we brought in for this first year. Um, in a lot of ways, I know the record didn't indicate it, but a lot of ways it was a very, very much successful year. Um, and I know it's black and white, where wins and losses are what's predicated, but I don't think it was necessarily about that. I think it was necessarily about setting a foundation and now are right, you bringing guys back and you're bringing in a recruiting class and a transfer portal. Like now we go. Like and I, I think it, it, the, the the culture has been established by Coach Peden, uh, who did an amazing job um, hit in his first year with establishing that. And now it's like, all right, now 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 we go. And and now we're uh, we're really looking forward to getting our team back here
3: in uh, in mid June. When you when you think about obviously laying that foundation the culture aspect I know has been a huge part for coach Peden and and you guys as an entire staff but that in a what's really a young core group of guys who got a ton of experience this year is going to prove huge dividends down the line I think but as we're sitting here in May you're in the midst of obviously the recruiting season both from the transfer aspect and also cleaning up your recruiting class but when you guys got here last year, there was also a bit of a fire sale of recruiting that had to take place because you had to fill a roster.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I think, you know, you lose eight guys to the transfer portal um, is, <laughs> is very unique. So you go out and get six guys and all six guys, besides one with Darius Burford, who I was with at Elon. So I've seen him play live. You're just basing this off of film and talking to coaches like and you return guys that you've only seen in practice. So now this year, obviously, you return a you return. I believe it's six guys. Yeah, six guys um, who you've seen play. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like. The biggest lesson for us this year was experience. Like, Malachi Pondexter, in a lot of ways, was a freshman. He did a fantastic job. Luke Kazupki, in a lot of ways, was a freshman. Like, those guys had larger roles than they ever had at Kansas State and Virginia, respectively. And, you know, Darius Burford took a leap. Kendall Lewis took a leap. Um, You know, Ryan Schmidt and Haruna got playing time, and – now it's like all right you like the the greatest teacher is experience and I think this was a lot of in a lot of ways their first years so now it's like all right you understand you know the longevity of a season so now it's 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 you you got that experience now it's like all right can we progress and can we you know a lot of it was a lot of teaching moments this year and now it's like all right now can Can we take that next step forward in their
3: personal growth and for our team as a whole? You know, it's one thing to kind of do that and develop guys both on and off the court from a character standpoint and then obviously the skills on the basketball court as they get bigger, get game experience. But you really young in your coaching career and for that matter virtually the entire staff Ryan Peden as well the goalposts have changed so much in how to run a college basketball program these days due to the transfer portal due to things like that obviously you're the son of a highly successful college player and coach this is not the framework that you grew up watching and since there really aren't any rules quite yet this has really had to be a baptism by fire for you guys.
2: Yeah, well, the highly successful basketball player and coach. We're just gonna shut that down <laughs> right away. No, no, but it uh, it's true. Uh, it's it's definitely different growing up with my dad being a head coach. Uh, you know, there's more stability, um, and and you know what you're gonna bring back year in and year out, kind of. And it's rare to see so many transfers, but that's the landscape of college basketball nowadays, where. It's uh, if the going gets tough, you know, you might leave and it, it, there's no like if, if you redshirt or if you don't play minutes like the fighting, the the like I'm going to get on the court next year, the motivation, it's it's lack thereof. And and Coach Peen has done a fantastic job of kind of like, you know, searching out those kids who want to compete for minutes, who are who are not all about entitlement or or just trying to. You know, get theirs. Like, no, he's he, he's trying to piece this puzzle together. Um, we're all, you know, all thirteen scholarships, two walk-ons mesh well, and I think that is a huge dividend. I think that's rare in college basketball where you can go out and try to get the most talent, but will they will they blend together? Or are they just trying to use this as a platform to get to the next level? Like, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of things to balance in this, um, and I think you know it, he has. He
3: has been meticulous with what he wants and how he sees this whole thing framing out. We'll use your dad as an example, obviously, at least because of his tenure in coaching. (laughs) And obviously, Coach Peden being an assistant for a long time at a number of institutions. But, you know, one of the biggest changes, and I think probably from a coaching thought process, probably the most difficult is not only the fact you've got to get difference makers, you've got to recruit for depth, you've got to do that on a yearly basis, but now all of a sudden you're kind of, in a lot of situations, I would assume, having to re-recruit the guys in your roster year in and year out, and that's a really difficult dynamic that I don't think people really understand.
2: No, I agree, and I think that was our biggest, that was our biggest thing right after the season was recruiting the roster, um, recruiting those guys back, and it, it is entirely different, but Um, you know, that's where I give, again, I will praise my head coach because I'll praise the guy I work for all the time because not only have I worked for him, he was one of my coaches. So I, I've, I've had, I've had the best of both worlds and his biggest thing was recruiting our guys back first before we go into the portal. Like the, the, um, the retention of your team, I think is the biggest thing. Like we, we study who wins this league. We study who comes in second, third, fourth. Well, you, what you see is retention of teams. It's not all the transfer portal. They might add, you know, two or three guys, but it's not a brand new team year in and year out. Like, that's why you see Bradley. Bradley's had that team for about two or three years. You know, Belmont has had that team. Um, Drake, I mean, the, Drake was the anomaly <laughs> of them all. Um, but that's where it's refreshing because we know what has won and what it looks like to win. And the biggest thing is to recruit the guys that you've had. It could have been, yeah, there was obviously, you know, there was a lot of obstacles this year for us as a team, but you ride with those guys. Like, you're not running away. Like, that's college basketball. Like, can they get better from the, from the first year to the next year? Like, that's on us, and that's on them. And I think that's what makes, you know, college basketball so much different than the NBA. But there's trying to, like – they're trying to almost, it's almost trying to, like, NBA or, or the college basketball is trying to catch up with the NBA. Where like, all right, we're trading this dude. He's no good. Like, <laughs> no, like, this is a process. Like, you're get better from one year to the next because you invest in them, they invested in you. So let's see how, how, how far we can go. And I think that's what we're trying to build here at Illinois State for sure.
3: Talked about the fact that obviously you played your graduate year at Ohio State for Ryan Peden then we're a graduate assistant with the Buckeyes first of all how many players and can we count on more than one hand who have played for both Michigan and Ohio State
2: Uh, yeah I think it's I think it's less than three people Um, it it, it dates back there was a football player and I I think I'm the only basketball player so maybe there's only two but yeah it was a uh, (laughs) it was an odd deal to say the least um, do you want me to tell the story of how it happened or what? Yeah,
3: can we can go that? back
2: as far This is a podcast.
3: Know. We can we got all the time and in the world, hell, Doc. No,
2: it's Illinois State, but uh long story short is I was a preferred walk on at Michigan that earned a scholarship my senior year. Uh I I redshirted and I had a chance to, to and coach Beeline blessed blessed me with opportunity to go play my fifth year somewhere else. Wasn't thinking it was Ohio State. But Coach Holtman and Coach Peden and their whole entire staff from Butler came to Ohio State and kind of like here they, they needed to fill a roster and they reached out and long story short is Coach Beeline, I he at Coach Holtman respectfully asked Coach Beeline if um, if this was okay and Coach Beeline like gave him his blessings like Andrew you got a chance to play in the Big Ten close to home like it's a no brainer. Um, so that's the blessing I needed for me to make that move um, because it was the Big Ten. It was close to home, and I didn't know where else I was going to play, um, to be quite frank. And it was the best uh, – it was the best – it was really the best decision I've ever made. Uh, it worked out well. Now, from the fans' aspect, it did not. It was a lot of booze, and, and it was uh, – You know, a lot of a lot of stuff on social media, but you appreciate that because it's it's sports at the end of the day. Like you want passionate fan bases talking, you know, talking a lot of crap and stuff like that. So,
3: fan is short for fanatic. Fanatic. So, yeah, yeah, that's there's something to be said about that. But you played your high school ball just outside of Indianapolis, Zionsville, Mm -hmm. I believe, correct? Yeah, Yeah. And obviously, your dad working at the time in Indianapolis, obviously a former Hoosier for Bobby Knight. When you really look at kind of the the almost tree that you've been a part of from a coaching standpoint your dad being front and center obviously Bobby Knight some of the other assistants at Indiana throughout those years Ryan Peden Coach Holtman John yes. Beeline that's a pretty impressive group of people to learn off
2: for sure it's been yeah it was it's been like Coach Beeline the most one of the most underrated um, Coaches in college basketball history. Like, if you really look at what he did for the University of Michigan to where they were to what they are now, it's night and day. Uh, and he was on the verge of honestly getting the axe. And, and luckily, a guy named Trey Burke came in and they uh, they started rattling off some Big Ten championships, NCAA appearances, national championship, getting to the national championship game. Uh, and then a guy like Chris Holtman, who, you know, he before last year, he was one of like three coaches to win 20 plus games, seven straight years. Um, so I have been very fortunate enough to be around one Hall of Famer and one to come Hall of Famer. And I believe in Chris Holtman. Um, and then obviously with with us, you know, assistant coaches of Coach Peden, Coach Terry Johnson, Coach Schrage, Um, you know, Coach Tragi was a head coach at Elon. Um, who's now at Duke? Coach Terry Johnson was an assistant at Butler for two national championship games with, with Brad Stevens, uh, who's now the you know top one of the top assistants at Purdue. So, um, and then finally, Coach Peden, who I obviously who had the utmost um, appreciation for, really because I didn't know him until I really got to Ohio State. And that was my best year as a player. And I always I always say this, and I really mean it, is I give him a lot of credit because of how much he believed in me. Uh, and Jimmy Butler said it the other day. He was like, you know, if you don't have a, um, a, a small circle that believes in you, that, like, you know, puts their heart into you, like, it's really hard to, like, not – it's really hard to, you know, just not be – you know, you you, set, you question yourself, uh, especially with a high a high you know high power guy. So, Coach P that you know the belief that he instilled in me um, was personified on the court, and that's where I think he's really, really, really good. And that's why he got this job is because of his personal relationships with players, and and just kind of you
3: know getting the best out of out of players and out of people really. When you were obviously playing your graduate. Transfer season over at Ohio State, at what point did you start to think coaching was without a doubt the route I wanted to go? Was it much earlier because of your dad? Or was it something that almost kind of at the end of your playing career you said, you know what, I think this is something I want to give a shot to?
2: Yeah, Coach Beeline kind of always thought that I would be one um, based off of me redshirting and kind of helping. Um, and he would listen to me a little bit. And I, I started like really like, damn, this is they, this is pretty cool. Um I I kinda wanted to stay away from it for as long I, I kind of felt like it was gonna be inevitable. I did. uh. and my dad's like, dude, stay out of this business. Like, you know, and but he jokingly saying like he's like, you know, this this I think this is something you'd be really good at. And you're passionate about helping others and impacting others. Like you I've he's he's he saw that in me before I saw that in myself. Um, And then Coach Holtman asked me right after I was done playing my fifth year if I wanted to come back and be a grad assistant. And I I kind of circled with it for a while. Um, But ultimately, I came back to like, yeah, this is I I think I should start this now. Um, I don't know what else I would have done. Um, I kind of thought like, hey, maybe I'll go overseas for a year or two just to kind of explore it. But I think that would just been like – honing back on a few years of just the inevitable of getting into it and trying to, you know, build a resume and try to work my way up in this profession. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door.
3: So you're at Ohio State as a graduate assistant. Then you go on to Elon as the director of basketball operations mm-hmm. for the Phoenix. Obviously, kind of an off the court role by NCAA dynamics, but was that the next progressive step for you? Kind of in the path to be a full time assistant?
2: Yeah, it was. I think I think I needed that more than anything. When I'm at, when I was at Ohio State, you have so many people working, and it's like you're not doing much. <laughs> like you got you know you have maybe a task here or there, but Elon was the best thing, and I and I'm indebted to Coach Mike Shragg because he he gave me a chance, like my first actual chance, my first actual salary in this profession, um, to be the ops, and that's all the logistic stuff and seeing the business side of college basketball and communicating with you know vendors with with hotels with buses and all that like something I was foreign to and I was learning on the fly, but he trusting me to be able to get everything done. And that, that put a lot of pressure. Like, I always tell, like, the fir- when the first bus showed up for our first road game, like, it showed up in front of, in back of our parking lot to pick us up, it was better than any game, any <laughs> shot, anything I've ever been a part of. Because, like, you're in charge of, like, 26 people getting to our game. And I, I it was a great two years. It was two years that they were like you said, it was a not a basketball role, but it was something that helped me in so many different ways of of organization, of people skills, of all this stuff that I needed to get better in, and it makes me appreciate even more um, now because I I got to experience that instead of the basketball side always. So it was really cool.
3: And after two years, I would assume that that itch to kind of get on the court and get with the recruiting a little bit more. Things like that started to eat up at you. How did Illinois State really come to be? Was there conversations with Ryan before he even got this job that maybe something might open up, or was it just kind of spur of the moment?
2: No, it was like he got the job. It was it was rare to get a job like r- during his season. Um, and, and Illinois State's uh, tournament, the Arch Madness, is a week ahead of like the actual, of the Big Ten tournament. So uh, I didn't, I, I congratulated him. We've been, we, we've been, always been close. Um, I, I just congratulated him and I knew everyone was gonna hit him up and I wasn't thinking anything of it. And then um, one Thursday morning he called and asked if I'd be interested. And I said, I'll leave tomorrow. Like, yeah, it's close to home. It's in the Missouri Valley. This is a basketball school. Like everything checked off, and it was going to be a basketball role, um, which obviously, you know, is what you want, because that's why I got in this profession anyways, um, so yeah, I, I I packed everything up, it, it happened so fast, like I was here um, the very next day, I just, you know, that, that's the, the perks of not living with, you know, your wife or your girlfriend or anything like that, you can just kind of pack up and get, and hit, hit the town, so uh, yeah, it was it was a spur of the moment type deal um, where there was really no hesitation because I knew about Illinois State and I and,
3: and you know Coach Pete and I've worked for for two years. It was just a no brainer for me. Obviously, that connection and that friendship may, makes a huge difference. I think when you take a job like that. But at the same time, obviously, a little bit different role. Now you're recruiting, and all of a sudden you walk into a frying pan of, as you said, the former coach, eight guys went to the transfer portal after that final season. You're trying to recruit a new team here. Who'd you kind of lean on and really pick their brain from a recruiting strategy standpoint of how to do it on a day-to-day basis?
2: Yeah, I, it, obviously seeing what they did at Ohio State helped. Um, learning from Coach Shaggy at Elon helped. I think I just kind of – I think it was le- learning from those – and Michigan, I should say, because, you know, we're, you're you're a part of it and you kind of see the coaches. So I think learning from all Michigan, Ohio State, Elon, it just helped me. Like I didn't have to really talk to anybody. I knew how to connect with players because I was once in their shoes not too long ago. Right. So I think the genuine relationships, um, building that kind of – um, friendship and mentorship and whatever you want to call it, and they and and kind of having a voice saying like, yo, I just played for Coach Pete, like on on one of the best teams Ohio State has had in in years. We you know, so I know what it's like. I've been in your shoes. So I think having them trust in that, and now having that, you know, the six guys and the team that we had kind of seeing that for a year, I think now it's easier to recruit because those guys have their stories now and they can share what they're, uh, you know, how they thought of Coach Coach Peten. Um So I, I think it's a balancing act, but it, it came it came naturally just learning from Ohio State staff, Michigan staff, and Elon staff.
3: Well, it's obviously been kind of put to the test here with the transfer portals. We kind of circled back more more recently here. Almost in a quiet aspect, not immediately after the season, but you guys have put together a roster for next year that has a lot of people incredibly excited based upon the kind of talent that you got in to join in your second season.
2: Yeah, we're excited about them. Um, And I think it was a – like the the whole staff and really our players, man. Like when we got kids on campus, that's why I say like – yeah, we, I, thought, I thought year one was a success because we have the right guys in our locker room who just recruited the absolute snot out of these kids mm-hmm. for us. Like, without our, really our guidance. Like, they just took it upon themselves. Like, when these kids get to campus, you want them to feel wanted. And because we want them. We want to bring them to campus if they weren't wanted. And our players were unbelievable. That's why I'm saying we have the right guys in our locker room because they want to play – and they want to win and we're bringing guys in who've all won you know we had Jordan Davis who's played in the NCAA tournament Brandon Lee who's played in the NCAA tournament uh, Dalton Banks who has played for a team that had over 20 wins for the first time in years at SIU who knows this league and then with Miles Foster who had a production pro, who was very productive at Monmouth they had 25 wins the year before this they struggled this year so Our guys understand that, and that is very rare to have 18 to 22-year-olds because usually at that age, you're looking out for yourself. Absolutely. Like, like, this guy's coming in to potentially play for me or with me or taking my minutes. Like, you have to have some sort of, like, nerve to not, you know – be selfish, really. And these guys are selfless and all these guys care about is winning. That's why I always say like, that's why year one was was so significantly successful because of that. Yeah, all right, the wins lost, like, I get that. But that's not what it was about year one. What, what it was is like Coach Pete and having a vision of guys he wants in this locker room. And now, like I said earlier, now we go with the guys that we have returning and the guys that we have coming in.
3: The combination of the transfers kind of out of the portal and obviously the guys who are going to be freshmen next year mm-hmm. who are are quite a talented group of incoming freshmen next year onto this roster. As you've gone through this, you're com- you're done now from a recruiting standpoint. How quickly do you turn to the 2024s and things like that?
2: Yeah, I, I'd be remiss. We're never done. <laughs> it
3: just feels like you're
2: never done. Um but yeah, you you definitely turn you definitely turn the page on on you know the next wave of twenty fours and stuff like that. Uh, we're really excited about the guys that we have coming in, and you know twenty twenty fours are obviously are starting to become a priority as we move on the summer. But our biggest thing in the summer is like making these guys blend even more, um, and I think that's a huge huge. Uh, you know that that that's that's the start of our journey for the 2023-2024 season
3: um so yeah you you turned the you turned the page pretty quick to answer your question and with graduation just having taken place here on the ISU campus, there's a little bit of downtime, but when are the vast majority of the guys back on campus for workouts to begin?
2: Yeah, they'll be back. We'll have a meeting um, June 18th is when everyone will have to be here. So it's nice. I love that Coach P gives them an opportunity to go home right after, um, you know, right after academic year, um, and kind of just decompress. Like it is a long, long, long year. And you're doing stuff with the team for nine out of the twelve months, probably more actually. Um, but yeah, it they'll come back in June, and you know we'll have workouts, and then they'll have weekends where you have eight week period um, of doing stuff on the court and in the weight room, and then you know extracurricular activities where last year we played softball, pump passing, kick, bowling, and stuff like that where you see another side of them. Um, So it's going to be a fun summer with our guys. I'm I'm already looking forward for them to come back here in a month.
3: People think about August when school starts and workouts and then leading up to March Madness and the beginning of official practice, but that eight-week period is hugely important these days, isn't it? Oh, for
2: sure. I mean, I've seen
3: guys come from – averaging one, like, I'll give a perfect example.
2: This guy, Karis Silver, who's my teammate at Michigan, averaged one point a game his freshman year, then goes on and averages 11. And why? Because he stayed for the whole summer. And he just continued to get better and get bigger. Like, a lot of the a lot of this time is to get bigger, um, you know, strength-wise and stuff like that. And obviously better your game. And then he's the 20th pick in the draft. Like, he stayed. And you, you, you got to be committed, like, you get out what you put in, and uh, you know we'll we'll show them the way and workouts. But like they got to be t- our guys have an understanding, and you educate them that they have to um, after the weight room and stuff like that. Are you eating right? Like is your body changing and and stuff like that? And they they have to have the motivation, and our guys do. Um, and that's you're right. It is a it, it's the start of it, and when you look back on the season, you're like man, this, you, you saw it in June. Like, you saw it in July and August. So, uh, yeah,
3: these are pivotal months, definitely. With this class pretty much completed for the most part, I don't want to ever say that or jinx anything, but you also talk about scheduling and putting together a schedule. And is that much harder this day and age? Because year to year, you don't necessarily know who's going to be on your, on your squad. Yeah, you have no idea. I, that's why I think scheduling is
2: is the hardest is, is the hardest thing to do right now because there's no
3: set in stone uh, roster right now, and uh, I think. And in fairness, you also don't know who's going to be on the roster of the team that you're looking to play either. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and that's the that's the hardest part. And you try to sometimes scheduling
2: comes um, like during the year and that's just you know you that could have a brand new team next year um <laughs> right. so yeah i think scheduling is 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 very tricky for every institution right now especially for sure
3: well after one year as we wrap up here what's your favorite part of bloomington normal man um i think like when i go when if
2: i go get a bite to eat or if i go where wherever shopping or whatever and someone stops you and say like like for instance, it just happened the other day, it was like, man, I, I can't wait for next season. Um I think the the community as a whole, like this is this is no smoke. like they talk about Redbird basketball, like how they can't wait. And it just is like it's like it it, it, it like makes your hair on your on your skin like pop up because like that is the motivation for like for me personally i think just knowing that there is a like the community a lot of the people are are so so passionate about redbird basketball that it's the coolest part about me i think there's so many on i think there's so many things um you know going down airport road um going down uptown normal like i i just i i sometimes just like turn off my music and just be present just kind of looking at like it, it's a cool area it's really cool um and it's kind of a long-winded answer because I didn't know where I was going to go with it but it's I, I really enjoy the community aspect of to Normal more than anything
3: you're getting to be a pretty big deal around here too no I'm
2: not <laughs> no Jay, we got to win games for anyone to be any sort of big deal around here for sure
3: Doc, thanks so much for your time today. Best of luck with everything.
2: Yeah, appreciate it. Congratulations to you, my man. I love having you around here. And you don't change. You're still in the suit and the tie and everything (laughs) like that. It's great to have you right across here in Horton. It's awesome.
3: Nice to be here. I appreciate it. That'll do it for our show this week. For our guest, Redbird men's basketball assistant coach Andrew Dockich and our entire Redbird sports property crew, this is John Fitzgerald. We'll talk to you next time right here on In the Nest. This has been In the Nest, the Illinois State Athletics podcast. Don't forget to
0: subscribe, rate,
1: and review however you listen.
3: The
0: preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Xfinity Mobile Redbird Sports Network.